Stephanie Gambone, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of Southeastern Pennsylvania. We equip young people for economic mobility and the pursuit of their own ambitions. On today's episode of Leveling the Playing Field, I want to introduce Debbie O'Brien, who is with Bank of America. She's the local market executive, and she is a tremendous supporter of Junior Achievement in Southeastern Pennsylvania, as well as many other nonprofits focused on education, youth, and numerous other efforts across the region. So welcome, Debbie. Thank you, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. So Debbie, let we want our audience to know a little bit about you. So if you don't mind sharing, who's Debbie O'Brien and what is your role at Bank of America? Sure. Thanks, Stephanie. Um, yeah, so my role is market executive. I cover greater Philadelphia and Delaware. And, and that, of course, is a broad term. And the way I, I describe it is I really, in my role, look to connect our clients, community, and employees um, primarily to connect them to all that we do in the community. Um, as, as you mentioned, which thank you, um, we do support a lot of nonprofits in the community and we try as much as we can to get our employees engaged in that work um, and our clients as well. I've had the opportunity of knowing you, I was thinking this morning, 10 plus years probably. I think at least. At least. And I have always been impressed by your just commitment to Philadelphia. Before we came on live, we were just talking about you being even a dot connector and you just, you care so deeply and your interest in bringing people together in support of our city and our region is just, I know I've appreciated that. And so I, um, I'm glad we're able to have you, I'm able to have you um, join today to share a little bit more about what Bank of America does. Over the past couple of years, I guess, um, the community relation work that companies are doing has evolved a little bit from kind of a CSR focus to ESG, and some people don't even know what that means, um, and how did that change how you think about the work in the community? Do you mind just sharing a little bit about that evolution, and, and even what ESG means for folks that don't know? Sure, absolutely. Yes, I would say we, um, along with many other corporations, have been um, on a, on, a, on a journey um, from corporate social responsibility. And I think what a lot of people used to look at as um, philanthropy, you know, that philanthropy would kind of sit in a different area of the bank and, and we would deploy that funding and it was a nice thing to do. Uh, now, and I think over, especially to your point, you know, probably since, um, you know, 2020, um, certainly, but but prior, we have evolved to this ESG term, which is environmental, social, and governance, really thinking about not only the philanthropic support that we provide, but how are we doing business? You know, how are we conducting ourselves and how are we supporting um, especially disadvantaged communities? And, um, and, then, and then part of that is also our employee engagement. You know, as I mentioned before, how are we encouraging and supporting our employees um, to provide that talent? And, you know, there's the time, treasure, um, and talent. And I, you know, continue to think that that piece is incredibly important. You know, we have um, had board members involved in junior achievement, um, now your board chair. And I think that is just one example of probably over 40, you know, leaders throughout the region I can think of um, that are providing that really critical roll-up-your-sleeve support. Um, and so I think the, the evolution has really been thinking about it more holistically um, and really embedding it um, more so in the everyday. I've been in the nonprofit sector, as you know, for 25 years. It's hard to say that sometimes. And so seeing the evolution to more than um, just, you know, financial contribution to just, as you mentioned, the way that companies are doing business, but also the impact on the community. We're very fortunate, J.A., to have Bassam Awadala as our board chair, and he cares deeply about this work and about the Philadelphia region. 
And I've seen the transition, not just with Bank of America, but with many companies, um, particularly over the past couple of years, and have appreciated appreciated that. Can you share specifically some of the very, you mentioned board members, but some of the other specific ways that particularly the bank in this region is impacting the community? And it doesn't have to be with JA, with any any kind of nonprofit work. Yeah, thanks for that question as well. You know, and again, I think it is the holistic approach that we try to take. Um, and so, you know, from a volunteer perspective, we we range, you know, it, from very involved board members um, to, you know, some who are on committees um, for nonprofits, which I think are as important. Um, but then we also provide financial education. You know, that's kind of, you know, that's our bread and butter. That's our mission, you know, to improve financial lives. Um, we know that if a community is not, um, financially, um, you know, uh, educated, um, you know, w- we can do a lot of other things, um, but, but we really need that as, as a foundation. Uh, and so I think the way we look at it is really trying to find um, those areas where we can provide the most um, expertise and added value. Um, and again, you know, uh, I always hesitate to um, to start naming um, organizations because there are so many. Um, it's sort of like naming your favorite child. <laughs> um, but you know, I would say what I would say is our four priority areas are affordable housing, small business support, um, health equity, and um, jobs. Um, and, uh, and especially in the job space, we have really you know over the last couple of years um, tried to to zero in on where can we be most helpful um, and what are those job training programs that especially in this region are critically important for those growth industries that we know are going to be, you know, the jobs of tomorrow. You know, I appreciate the comment on the four focus areas. And when we think about financial education, and I just actually had a conversation with a senior leader from an educational institution yesterday that was sharing, yes, financial education and literacy is important, but if we don't have job programs, affordable housing, and other opportunities, it's to to what end and to what degree. So it's really great, and I knew this, but for you to reinforce the bank's commitment beyond just financial education, but other ways to ensure that we are supporting our community around economic mobility um, across multiple nonprofits. Uh, to turn it to junior achievement just for a minute, um, and as I shared, you know, and you know, our our local purpose is to equip young people for economic mobility and to really help them think about what their future is for them. Why does Bank of America support junior achievement and programs and organizations like what junior achievement does? Yeah, I mean, you just stated it so well. You know, I think the it, there are so many, so many of these issues are interconnected, and we, you know, we need young people and then adults to really be equipped with the tools that are necessary um, to be self-sufficient. And I think that idea of, you know, especially, you know, starts early as, as junior achievement does um, in the schools, um, but especially when young people are getting that first paycheck to really understand what that means and how they should start to think about, you know, saving, um, budgeting, all of those things. And so we have created um, a, an entire online curriculum called Better Money Habits. Um, that's the that's the core of what we provide. Um, we also have people that come out and, and do junior achievement days. Um, we do it, um, you know, in schools, you know, it, and it could be where your where your child goes to school for some of our employees. Um, 
but really, um, you know, I, I don't think there's anyone who, who, who could not um, use a financial education refresher, um, you know, and, and certainly starting early, I think is critically important. And again, you know, so connected to the idea of um, careers and career exposure and readiness. Um, and, and then again, you know, once that first job happens, um, to understand what that can mean and, and where that young person then goes. You've been doing this work for some time. I'm not going to add years to your <laughs> career like I did mine. But can you think of a moment where you were part of a program, an organization, financial education or otherwise, where you had that aha moment, what we're doing matters, and this is why? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what what we worked so closely on you know, for so long is the Summer Youth Employment Program. And I believe, you know, really strongly that it is a critical component um, to what we need to focus on as a city um, and a region. And I, I've been doing it almost as long as you, uh, I, this work. Um, and I think that what I know is that um, we, we need to support young people in that next phase. Um, and, and it needs to start early, you know, and again, we, we need um, to have corporations making space um, for these internships. Um, we need them to be financially supporting these internships. Um, and, and with that comes, again, the, the financial education that goes along with that. Um, and so, again, I think that that's probably, um, you know, I don't know if it's an aha moment. We also have our student leader program um, where we have seen what, you know, a six-week internship and some leadership training can do in the community that is one thing I did want to mention. We do have, we have monthly webinars that we make available to our nonprofit partners. Um, we also try to make uh, available resources that we have within the company um, to, to avail those to our nonprofit partners, bringing our nonprofit partners together um, to share, you know, resources and, and uh, you know, maybe potentially figure out ways to partner. Um, and so, again, th those are just a, a few um, notes that I've, you know, seen along the way. So you mentioned the student leaders, and I'm very familiar with it, as, as you know, and just to underscore the commitment that the bank, not even just locally, but across the country has to young people to really give them real world experience in nonprofits, but also their opportunity to come together to go to DC, which for many young people in and of itself is an experience and the exposure is just so, so critical. So thank you for your commitment and the bank's commitment across the country to make sure young people have that opportunity because about 200 or so young people get to spend some time together in July, correct, yes. in DC? Yes, exactly right. And, and I think um, a core component of it is learning how the private public um, and nonprofit sector really work together, you know, and the, you know, we encourage the young people to be availed to board meetings and, you know, they do a Capitol Hill day. Um, and so it can be, you know, everything from that local component um, with, with working with the nonprofit, um, but then also to how it connects to some of these very large national issues that we know our young people are interested in learning more about. Absolutely. Switching gears a little bit, but, but relate it. You know, I, I've had the opportunity during my career to work with Bank of America and many employees across the region in a variety of different ways. But how do you all approach your employee engagement efforts and how do you support employees to kind of go out into the field? What does that look like at the, at the bank? Yeah, it's um, through uh, through various ways. Um, we do have our employee networks, which are affinity networks, where there is a volunteer component to all of those, but really an opportunity for those employees to gather um, and have discussions and um, and engage with with um, things that are important to them. Um, 
our community volunteer work, you know, so that really is, you know, the, the heartbeat, I would say, of our employees, uh, our employees getting out into the community. Um, that can range from one day opportunities. So it may be a day down at Phil Abundance packing food or at MANA, um, or again, continuous board involvement, um, financial education. We do provide two hours per week for our employees to go out paid, paid um, for our employees to go out into the community to do that work. Um, and we also provide a volunteer grant. So if you're volunteering a certain number of hours with a nonprofit, with nonprofits, um, you can provide a grant um, on behalf of the company to that organization. Um, we also have a matching gift program, which again, that's financial, but it typically tends to be with organizations that, that people have built that you know, bond and, um, and really would like to support in other ways. That's fantastic. And for anyone listening who's trying to think about how to support your employees, both the time available and the funds is so critically important, not just for the nonprofits, but also I imagine for the bank, employees really appreciate that as an added benefit so that they can do good in their communities in ways that that work for them. So what kind of you know, following that through, what advice would you have for companies, small, mid-size, or large? Because some might be thinking, well, we don't have the resources that Bank of America does. How can we do that? What advice would you give as we think about employee um, engagement related to um, ESG efforts? Yeah, well, and I would start by saying we know that all of these components um, lead to employees being more engaged, which lead to employees um staying with the, with our company. Um, and so that r- attraction and retention is, is really at, at, at the, at the heart of why, why, why we want to do it and ensure that our employees have all of these, um, at their disposal. Um, I would say start small, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a formal program necessarily. Um, you know, and I think there are, there are a lot of creative ways, um, that smaller companies have been able to start. I would do a plug for the Greater Philadelphia Corporate Volunteer Council, um, which is a way for it, for um, any company really of any size um, to have someone get involved and some, learn some best practices and learn about what, what other um, companies are doing, again, of, of any size. Then that was the Corporate Volunteer Council. Yes. Is there a website sure. or somewhere that individuals um, can go? Sorry to put you on the spot. Yes, <laughs> I, it, it is um, with the Chamber of Commerce. Um, and so I think if you go to the Chamber of Commerce website, you'll be able to find the Greater Philadelphia Corporate Volunteer Council or Google. Great. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for that. What advice do you have for nonprofits? So there are a lot of nonprofits in this region. I was just on a call this morning with 20 plus of them as we're planning an event coming up in a couple of months. And I imagine you all get a lot of calls and requests for partnership. What advice would you have for nonprofits as they're looking to partner with companies across the region? I would say you really learn about that company and their priorities um, as you're thinking about approaching them for for funding or um, for engagement. I, I think what is fantastic about this region is that there are a lot of companies, you know, um, we, we may not have, you know, everyone always talks about the fact that we don't have the big headquarters here, but we have a lot of strong companies that um, have, you know, Philadelphia is a strong hub for those companies. Um, and so they do want to be engaged. Um, I think so. Number one, I would just say, think about those priority areas and don't spend time where, you know, you, you really don't feel like it's a fit. I think that's probably most important because that just spins wheels on, on both ends. Um, but on, on a positive front, again, I think, you know, engaging with employees, I think building that, um, 
that momentum can really help um, with then, you know, kind of that corporate structure and how they might be deploying their funding. Um, so those would be two things. I also think, you know, and I know um, it's not the easiest um, to accomplish, but I think partnership and collaboration, um, it has, and I think we, we have come, you know, a long way in thinking about what those terms mean. Um, it could be an affiliation. It could be shared resources. Um, you know, I think where there are shared values around an issue area for both nonprofits. And I, and I would, I would say this for the corporate um, and, and funder side as well. Um, I think the more we can think collectively in how we, you know, deploy resources in maybe a slightly different way or and together um, and working together, I think that is the future. And I, and I feel really optimistic as I think a lot of other people do about Mayor Parker's administration um, and really thinking toward the future of how working together um, we can move the needle that much more fast. Faster. You said so much that just as my, my head is, you know, kind of buzzing right now. But one of the things I wanted to highlight for individuals and, and companies listening and nonprofits as well, this notion of shared values is so critically important. And I see a lot of times my colleagues in the nonprofit sector, oh, we want to engage this company because they're a large company in the region, but there's no connection to mission on either side. And and oftentimes we don't have the capacity to spend time in places that are not good fit. So really understanding each other and where there are um, shared mission and shared value is critically important. I had a colleague of mine many years ago that also said, ask for advice and you'll get money, ask for money and you'll get advice. So really having a true collaborative relationship as well and not transactional, you know, is important. And then this notion, and I'm not surprised that you raised it just knowing you around basically, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase a little bit what you said about we could do more to we're better together. We can do more together. And when we think intentionally about collaboration, there's enough to do for all of us and how do we do it in a way that is going to be impactful um, and effective. And I'm curious how you think, because what I hear from my colleagues is, well, the funders do not set up a system in a way that is, is allows us to collaborate. It, it feels more competitive. And some of that's true. I, I don't know that it's all true. And I'm curious how, how you are kind of um, thinking about or addressing the notion of we don't have to compete. Like, what does collaboration actually look like? Because we, mm-hmm. we want our city and our region to thrive. Yeah, yeah and I, I am hopeful around a lot of the conversations I am um, seeing and hearing and, and being a part of on the funder side. I do think that the, that philanthropic funding has evolved, and I do think there is um, – there is a desire. I think that it is, it's hard. Um, you know, there are boards for a lot of the private foundations, um, you know, where, uh, just long time legacies, maybe I'll say, I think the corporations are able to pivot a bit um, more nimbly and we've been doing that. You know, I think hopefully that will continue. I think where we see, um, again, kind of shared values and, and an opportunity to partner, you know, especially where, um, where there might be expertise in different areas, where we can come together, uh, where we might be providing financial education, but another organization might be providing interview skills, um, just as one example. Um, I think there's a way to collaborate in that way, too. Um, and so I think that I, I, I do, I think as much as the funding community um, asks the nonprofits to, you know, have more conversations and and and, and think and and explore potential, I think the same needs to be done on on the funding side. And I do see that happening. 
that's great. Um, I'm, you know, I'm an optimist. I like to call myself a, what, a realist, an optimistic realist or some version <laughs> of that because, you know, I want to be honest and, and, you know, and look at things for what they are, but also be optimistic because I think particularly for me, our young people need and, and deserve that. You know, the volunteer landscape has changed drastically in the past couple of years. And, you know, even JA has done some studies around, you know, when particularly um, young professionals are volunteering outside of work, in work, you know, what do the trends look like? People are working in different places these days. And we just launched a campaign a couple of days ago at JA because we've got to secure at least 500 volunteers for this spring, a majority of them being to support programming in the Philadelphia School District. And so we're really trying to expand how we think about volunteerism, but also kind of create a sense of urgency around money is important, of course, because it allows us to move our mission forward. But for us and many nonprofits like Phil Abundance, you mentioned, and others rely heavily on, on volunteers. And so can you talk a little bit around what you're seeing in the workplace you mentioned it does help with employee engagement but anything else either companies or nonprofits need to be thinking about when we're engaging volunteers yeah one thing I would say is that I do think it's a muscle that we need to be um, exercising and I, I think that the pandemic affected so many things but I do think um, getting people back out um, is something that I feel like we're still working on as a company. And I know others are not only not, not even not back to the office, but even out and about, you know, engaging and attending events. Um, what I do see is that there is a desire. People want to be, be doing the work. I think to your very good point, I think depending on where people live, depending on where they work, um, you know, what does that schedule look like? Um, when are there people majority in the office versus home? Um, and how we think about, you know, for, for your organization, you know, where are those schools um, where junior achievement can be most helpful um, and are close in proximity to um, to either work or, or life um, activity. Um, I'm on the board of the Girl Scouts, and I think that's another good example of where, you know, you're just constantly having to rethink, um, and especially in a city like Philadelphia with so many needs, how we think about volunteers and how we think about that support structure that can be there. And I, again, I do think there's a des- desire. I think it's, it's, um, building the framework so that people can easily engage. We have to make it easy. I knew you were on the board of the Girl Scouts, and I should have asked you for some Thin Mints for our session today. I know it's cookie season, just a plug just for off. all the <laughs> just for, kicked off. For all the Girl Scout um, yes. cookie lovers out there. And we actually had Mike Pompey from the Girl Scouts oh, yeah. on in the fall, and he and I talked about technology and the impact on young people, AI. And so um, for those of you that haven't listened, you check back to the, to the show, um, and you'll be able to hear Mike and I talking about all things technology as well. So Debbie, if you don't mind sharing a specific example around how JA and Bank of America have worked together over the past couple of years. Yeah, well, speaking of making it easy, I will, I do want to compliment Junior Achievement, you know, whether it is a JA day in a school um, or the day that we recently had, we've done two now, I think, where um, we've had young people who have come to our corporate offices and we've had, um, again, to that career exposure and the importance of that, um, spend a day with our um, leaders and get a tour of our financial center. Um, I think it's a really, um, again, you know, it, there is some planning that that is involved, but I think an easy way for corporations to engage and have young people really be, really be exposed um, to the workplace and to understand what it will take to get there. So Debbie, any advice for me? I know you have given me advice over the years 
sometimes in private, sometimes publicly, um, and I've always appreciated your insight because you just have such a global view even of our region. So as a nonprofit leader, particularly focused on supporting young people in our region, what advice do you have for me? I feel like I should be asking you for advice at this point. Um, I, keep doing what you were doing. You know, I think there are a lot of, there is has been a, a change in leadership in a lot of organizations. And I um, that makes me incredibly optimistic. And again, not that we didn't have great leaders, but they have been, you know, in, in leaders, in those leadership roles for some time. Um, and so I think those of us who now, you know, um, have that, the passion and the um, resources to, to work together. I think, you know, you know, I, you know I'm going to take a page out of, of Mayor Parker's book, but, you know, the sky's the limit, really. I think the potential, um, we have it here. We know how great this city and this region is. And I think by, you know, again, working better together, I think that we're going to make a tremendous difference over the next couple of years. I do, because my other, one of my other roles is chair of the Philadelphia Visitor Center Corporation. I do have to mention 2026. Um, and so we do want to make sure that, you know, both um, as a city, we are ready, you know, um, on a whole host of fronts. Um, but it's a really exciting time. And so I'm excited to see you in your seat. And I just know what you're going to be able to do in your leadership role. And I look forward to supporting you along the way. I am equally excited about Mayor Parker and the administration as a lifelong Philadelphian, somebody who's worked in the Philadelphia region for 25 years. And as a parent of a third grader, I am personally committed to making sure that we thrive in this region. You know, my focus has been on young people, but definitely collectively. And I'm also optimistic about what the future holds. And I think we can do it. We've got to put our minds together and be willing, willing to work together in different ways. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Well, Debbie, thank you for joining us and inspiring, hopefully, um, many of those who are listening. You definitely inspired me every time we have a chance to talk. I'm excited to kind of go take on what's next. Um, and so for those of you interested in either volunteering, donating, supporting our events, there's many, many ways to get involved. As I mentioned, we have over 500 volunteer opportunities, virtual, in person. One day, we will find a way to plug you in. For more information about how you can support junior achievement, visit southeasternpa.ja.org. Let's work together to change the rules of the game and give young people access to opportunities. Thank you. Thank you.